1: everybody and welcome to the Health Hub. My name is Kathy Biasse and I am your host. And along with Alex Diaz, my producer, we'd like to welcome you to the show this morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you, Alex?
2: Good. Very excited about today's show.
1: Oh, me too. Me too. It's Halloween here. You
2: could say I'm a little hopped up at the moment. You're a little
1: hopped up? You had your candy breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> Everything no, else is good though? Yeah, oh. it's
2: exciting. I'm good. Thank it you. It is. Do you yeah. get
1: a lot of trick-or-treaters in your area?
2: Not not too much. Our, our age... The age group is kind of of the older crowd, so they tend to be out and partying in (laughs) downtown.
1: Yeah, well, us too. I think... um you know, over the years, like my kids now are more excited about giving out the, the candy, the treats, than uh, than going to get them. Well, they're old now, old kids. But uh, I think last year we only had nine. I used to decorate the house and, you know, <laughs> yeah. cut the pumpkins. And I'm not doing that anymore. For nine kids last year, I was a little disappointed, to be quite honest. Uh, so it,
2: it was fun for me growing up, uh, especially going into, like, into elementary school and thing, things we got to dress up in our costumes for the day. I remember uh, dressing up as a... Uh, police officer at one point but in terms of my experience of um, of going trick-or-treating as it was I was allergic to everything in, in, <laughs> under the sun when I was younger <laughs> so, so it was just
1: one big frustration for you <laughs>
2: so I, I used to enjoy the the chip bags for sure you know but yeah and it was just a great experience the whole dressing up part for me but
1: it's a lot of fun I hope the weather holds for the kids. Yeah, it's uh, we have our, our show today is is not meant to throw a wet blanket on Halloween, but uh, it is meant to bring you some awareness of the Halloween season and what overindulging in sugar can do. And it's as I said, it's not to throw a, a blanket on the Halloween season, but it is a responsibility that I think we have to uh, you and that you have to your children and to yourselves to truly understand the impact of overindulging in sugar, and today's guest is an expert in that field, so we are very much looking forward to speaking with Dr. Veer Tarman on the subject matter, and as I say, please listen with an open mind, and I'm sure Dr. Tarman will will guide you gently into the, the knowledge and understanding of how sugar can impact our health. Dr. Vera Tarman has worked in the field of addiction medicine since 1994. She is currently the medical director of Renaissance Canada's largest drug and alcohol rehabilitation center. Currently, Dr. Tarman is overseeing their new four-week residential treatment program for food addiction. Dr. Tarman is the author of Food Junkies, The Truth About Food Addiction, and she hosted the Rogers TV program, Toronto Speaks Addiction. Dr. Tarman has spoken extensively about many aspects of addiction, but she particularly focuses on food addiction. So this is going to prove to be an awesome and an enlightening show for you. And when we return from our break, we will talk with Dr. Tarman.
3: Every knee's bow, time confess. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love to praise your Jesus, 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 Jesus. I love to praise your name. I love to live. You have. We bless your name. Sweet Jesus, 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 Jesus.
0: You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome
1: back, everybody. We are live with Dr. Tarman today. Our phone number is 416-245-1534. If you'd like to call in, you can follow us on Instagram at the health hub RMC. And if you want to tweet in questions, feel free to do it at at Kathy underscore Biasse. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Lots of ways to pick up this show and lots of ways to listen after the show. If, uh, if you can't, if you weren't able to listen live, this will definitely be coming back at you in several forms. Um, we are on podcasts. So, Lots of ways, as I said, to get this valuable information. So without further ado, welcome, Dr. Tarman, to the show, and thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Oh, thank you. I'm really delighted to be here.
1: Yeah, Halloween is a perfect time to bring uh, this subject and your specialty to light. And uh, I know you're a very, very busy person, so taking the time out really is, is a wonderful thing for our
4: listeners. I, no problem. I'm happy to speak.
1: Um, you are, you know, as we read in your bio, you've got, uh, you wear many hats. How did, you, how did you start focusing on the specialty of food within your addiction sphere?
4: Well, I have a. There's sort of two answers to that question. Uh, the first answer is the professional one. Um, I I um, have been working in the field of addiction, uh, as you said, since 1994. And what really struck me was when people came in. Like I work in a residential treatment center, and when people, um, I'm just going to close this door. I hear my office ringing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when people would come in and quit their alcohol or cocaine. Um, they, they, they ate food, they ate the, the sweets that we were offering way more than they ever did before. Like they would come to me and say, what's wrong with me? And uh, it struck me that uh, they were eating in the same way that they were drinking or using their drug and that there was a connection.
1: Is this was were they eating in place of the other addiction?
4: Um, well, that's what it seemed to be. But like, like, uh, and I'm not talking about just a chocolate bar a day. They would eat like three or four um, every time they went out. Might, which might be, you know, like a smoke break. People would go out a few times in a day, um, and I'd have a cigarette and like two or three chocolate bars. And they wouldn't. They didn't eat like that before. Like this was a new behavior. It, it just really showed me that this, in this context, was a transfer addiction.
1: So are there addictive personalities, would you say?
4: Um, Well, you know, that's the way that we used to think about it. But I actually think that um, anybody, uh, if they're living in an addictive environment, can eventually succumb to the addiction, um, some people more quickly than others. And, you know, smoking is a perfect example of that. Uh, if if we never gave our kids cigarettes, they wouldn't be smoking, and they wouldn't be smoking as adults. But uh, I'm not sure how old you are, but I know in my generation uh, smoking cigarettes was... Um, um, encouraged by the smoking industry, um, you know, to start smoking as early as possible and to get brand loyalty and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you were a smoker by the time you were 17, 18, you were a smoker at the age of 40. Um, so, you know, being exposed and being encouraged, and I hope you see the link here with the food industry, mm-hmm. um, uh, makes an addict where one might not have become one.
1: So your specialty is, uh, it comes with many, many different avenues to try and treat somebody because it sounds like you're talking about uh, addiction and now you've got the whole social media uh, play coming into it. So we're talking about addiction from seeing other people doing it, from maybe... a chemical, do we still deal with chemical imbalances when we're talking about addiction?
4: Oh, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's why addiction is so hard to stop, because it's really on the same continuum as our mood, our behavior, like our being happy, being sad, being frustrated and all that stuff. When people talk about comfort eating, um, I mean, they're, or, or even self-medicating their moods, I mean, they're hitting it right on. It's in the same mood center. It's in the same neurochemicals that we're using. Um, when you're depressed, you have a deficiency of some neurochemicals. I'm, I'm being very simplistic, but mm-hmm. that's, it works. It's, it's a good baseline to understand. Um, uh, you know, We talk about being you know, deficient of some neurochemicals. When we're, when we're uh, using a drug, either food or alcohol or whatever, we're getting an excess of those neurochemicals. So instead of crashing with depression, you're zooming off with euphoria.
1: So when you're talking about you know, addiction to food, we don't often hear of a protein addiction or a fat addiction. Right. Why is it always a sugar addiction?
4: Um, well, that's a good question. And, and, and here's where kids really come into it. Um, our brain is wired um, to want food and sex and social and, you know, the healthy things that keep us alive. Um, And food is one of them. If we don't have a desire to want to eat, we wouldn't bother. It's too much trouble to, you know, hunt and gather and cook and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. shop. But it's not if you get a really good charge from it. And our brain is wired to uh, want um uh, high density which means sugar because sugar is the fuel for the brain fuel for the muscles um and fat too um it, it, so we like sugary fatty things because we're actually engineered biologically engineered to want that but, when um, the universe or God, or whatever perspective you want to use, thinks about how the body was made, um, it was made for <clears throat> a natural food environment like fruits and vegetables, not for the kind of stuff that we 've come across in in the uh, grocery store um, and If we just stuck with the foods like fruits and vegetables, um, we wouldn 't get into any trouble because our brain would be wired to eat uh, when it 's in abundance, like in the summer and then when it's not in abundance in the winter, we shed the extra weight and everything is great. But when you go into the shopping store, and especially the shopping store of Halloween, um, then you get this super abundance that are, that's far more than what our body was manufactured and our brain was manufactured for.
1: So we've been oversized in the food industry. That's
4: a perfect way to put it. It's, it's, a, it's, really, it's a matter of oversizing in the brain and in, the, in our desires and our pleasure it's an oversizing of pleasure.
1: So you're, you've got a lot of bad habits you've got to try and break when you're dealing with people.
4: Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, the thing I want to say about kids um, is that kids have that wiring even more acutely. It gets a little more blunted as we get older, um, it, more acutely because they need to grow. They need to eat. They need to get the energy dense. So, so they're even more primed to uh, uh, g- feel the effects of this oversize that you say. You
1: know, it, yeah. it's funny, um, and I am as guilty of this as anybody, um, and that's why we wanted to have you on our show. Huh. It's so easy to use food and treats and desserts yeah. as an impetus for good behavior and making the association with, you know, as simple as simple a thing as eat your vegetables and you'll get dessert. Yeah, it's, I know. It's
4: it's I shouldn't
1: say it's terrible. It's something that we've all done.
4: Well, we've all done, but, but, but uh, I, I would also say don't say it's terrible because we, we are the effects of our environment. And, uh, you know, without sounding too, um, uh, what would be the word, paranoid or, or accusatory about it, I mean, the food industry has, has made that environment so that that's way, the way it works. When I was a kid, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago, um, the treat was an apple, Uh, The treat was literally a small bit of dessert, not the stuff we do today. And that changing environment, that's not because of you and me. That's because of um, a whole other industry, Mm -hmm. the consumer industry. Mm -hmm. And if we could change that, that's why I think that it's not going to help for us just to sort of, you know, frown at ourselves and scold ourselves and we shouldn't do this. It's not going to help because we're still living in this environment of overabundance. Or oversizing, and that's it. we need to. Unfortunately, we need to change it at that level. I think that's why smoking. Y- y- you don't see people smoking the way we did ten years ago because the, the that larger picture has changed.
1: And, and the focus, you know, when, when you get to larger pictures and you're looking at smoking, and you talk, you use the example of smoking through the years and how that yeah. evolved. Um, yeah. Is there a correlation? Because I've read, I'm in the nutrition field and I, I do my best to guide people as well. You know, they, years ago, they pulled fat out of the diet because mm. fat was, was the enemy. Yeah. And, and to, and fat is a flavor uh, yeah. Provider,
2: yeah. and
1: then to replace that, am I wrong in saying that sugar sort of of uh, tipped the scales then as that that oh, taste no, component?
4: I, I mean, you know, that's what people have been saying, you know, in a in a sort of disgruntled manner in the last maybe five years. But finally, the uh, Canadian Medical Association, finally, the sort of bastions of um, of medical. Um, Prestige establishment are now finally saying the same thing. Oops, we made a mistake. Yeah. We we uh, we substituted fat for sugar, and look at the obesity crisis today. I mean, finally, the people. Uh, it, it's not just the ones on the internet with with the conspiracy uh, theories. It's it's actually the establishment that's now red faced.
1: Yes, and yeah. and. Th- there is an emotional connection to food, which, and and I imagine when you're dealing and working with people, that emotional component to food must be a very difficult one to break. You've got cultural ties, you've got memories. Um, how, how, so when we're talking about sugar addiction, you know, people kerfuffle it off and yeah, you know, is there truly sugar addiction? Is it a physiological thing that you can explain to us?
4: Um Yes, it, it is uh, and it's it's as much of a addiction as cocaine is an addiction as alcohol is an addiction or nicotine and I should tell you that in the addiction field, there are a lot of people who will still say it 's not a disease that's Doesn't exist. It's a choice. It's a. It's not necessarily a moral failing, but you can choose not to. So even in the addiction field, um, this is not a. um, There's there's controversy in this area. Um, so, if you're of the crowd, which I am, which says this is a disease, um, then uh, w- you would have to include sugar as in the same way as you would have to include cocaine, because it goes. We see it. We actually see it on the uh, PET scans and spec scans. Um, you know, the brain lights up like a Christmas tree in the same way as it does with cocaine, as it does with uh, sugar. Um, th- the evidence is there. If you agree that that's evidence. Um, now i 'm working in the field, uh, so that means I get to see clinical patients reacting, and I see very similar reactions so um, it's the same um, and and if you You know, there's also a controversy on, does anxiety really exist? Does depression really exist? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you buy that those things really exist because there is uh, physiological change in the brain, neurochemical change, um, then you'll have to agree that uh, addiction does exist too because it's all the same uh, language, the same currency, the same part of the brain. Which I can elaborate if you want. So, so well, I think it, I think it's
1: a good idea because when we really get into what our topic today, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to narrow in on is is children and sugar addiction. I think you know it, it's it's important for us as adults as parents. Those of us who are hmm. grandparents, you know, especially grandparents, you know, I remember my grandmother having a, a, a candy drawer and, and, and that was, you know, the kids love that. We love mm-hmm. that. But I think if people get, um, an understanding of the physiological component of what sugar can do, I think that sort of brings it home.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, the, the main thing, and, and, uh, this, this. Uh, also goes with depression. This also goes with just nude, which is why you eat, to comfort eat or to self-medicate. Um, like I said, it's all the same part of the brain. Um, one of the main neurochemicals that um, addiction harnesses or what we say is hijacks um, is a natural neurochemical that we all have that's called dopamine. And dopamine is a neurochemical that has many functions in the brain. Um, it helps us walk and, and, and uh, um, it, it does many things besides the, the, what I'm going to say now, but um, one of the key things it does is it gives a sense of feeling of euphoria and reward. When you get a sense of pleasure, um, when you anticipate something, Christmas is coming, what am I going to get? That's, that's dopamine. When you get the excitement of going on a holiday, uh, you know, I'm going to Cuba, this is, you know, that's all dopamine. The whole excitement of going on a date for the first time, all of that is dopamine. And, and if there's for some reason a blunted effect with that, you could say you're depressed. I'm not interested. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, I like this, but I don't want to do it today. That's that's a blunting of dopamine. So I'm talking about natural things. Um, now, we can h- take that natural phenomena, that natural neurochemical of dopamine, which we all have, um, and hijack that or, or heighten that or oversize that, as you said, um, by uh, using cocaine. It gives you that same feeling of, wow, this is going to be so exciting, Um Um, or you can do it through a lot of sugar. Now, I'm not just talking about a little bit, like a teaspoon in a coffee cup. I'm talking about, like, a super-sized Mars bar, and then another, and then another, basically what Halloween looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, You get a huge amount of that dopamine, and then the thrill is there. But what gets it it to the point that we
1: need to overstimulate? Like, why...
4: yeah. Okay, so here's where addiction starts to happen. If we did that only when we went to see grandma and she opened the the, the candy drawer and that was it, um, you'd have fond memories of that time because you those were the little buzz times that you had and you'd remember them, go home and carry on with natural life. Um, But if if you're constantly exposed to grandma's drawer through, uh, you know, the Starbucks on the corner every time you go three times a day, a muffin, a bagel, uh, whatever it is, uh, forget about those, just their drinks, (laughs) their drinks, you know, uh, full of sugar and uh, uh, other things. Um, I don't mean to just talk about Starbucks, but basically any coffee shop.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, uh, a can of pop. A, a can of pop, thank you, yeah. Uh, so a constant exposure of beyond what the body is meant to endure, which is probably about an apple or two a day. That's what our body can handle. Mm-hmm. That's what I used to eat as a little kid. Mm-hmm. That was a treat, an apple. Um uh, and it felt like a treat because that's the natural. That's, that's sort of where we're tuned. Um, but if I'm constantly exposed to thirty or forty apples a day through through cider or through juicing or through um, uh, you know candy bars or whatever apple fritters, um, then my my brain uh, my body doesn't want that. It's 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 like a constant assault, and so it it basically puts a counter assault. Um, and uh, changes by, you know, changing the, uh, um, the uh, uptake of, of the, I, I don't want to get too much into the science of mm-hmm. it, but the brain literally changes to adapt to the new um, supercharge so that it feels normal. And when that's happened, then we can call that addiction.
1: So do we need more and more sugar as yes. this happens?
4: Yes. Yes, as the body continually adapts to that surge of sugar, you now need that much just to feel normal. And and uh, if you uh, have a lot of sugar in the morning, then you go home at night and you're starting to feel depressed and you're starting to feel down. Um, uh, you know, you might have gone to the doctor and gotten your Prozac, but the other thing you might likely do first is have more sugar. And it's not because you're trying to get high again; you're just trying to feel. Like so, comfort eating,
3: just mm-hmm. trying
4: to feel normal and comfortable again, um, because you're actually trying to um, uh, readjust yourself to the higher expectation that has been built up in the brain, and and to to, to um, get back to normal eating, which would be equivalent to like an apple a day, <laughs> um, would take a number of weeks. It's not one night.
1: It's it's a withdrawal
4: it's exactly it's a withdrawal so what the person is experiencing later that day or the kid after their candy is finished 2 hours later is withdrawal
1: that's, that's what it is it's yeah. fascinating It's 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 a blood sugar thing really is, is a lot of it comes down to stabilizing blood sugar and that's yeah. not an easy thing to do i mean all over the no. internet there's there's uh i'm going on my 7 day sugar fast and i'm yeah. going and i've i've not taken part in one myself but i've had friends who've done it and it's not an easy task. And when we come back from our break, we're going to dive more into the different diseases that overindulging in sugar sure. can do, and again, focus a lot um, on the child and yeah. and and the Halloween season and maybe get into some alternative ways that we can we can deal with the candy that's going to be coming through sure. the door because it's coming from everywhere. So we'll be back in a few minutes, everybody.
3: Like it's hard, it's defenseless Against a passion that's pumping through my veins Blood, sweat, tears are calling And if I can't walk, then I'm crawling It might flicker, but they can't kill the flame I can't stop, I can't it. It's In my heart, it's on my lips I can't stop, no, I can't this it. In my heart, yeah, I'm on <laughs> To the wheels father, To the spotlight, I I will lift your banner high, I will lift your banner high hey. And to the walls fashion for the rest of my day Lord I lay it all on the line, to the day I die To the day I die To the end of night Running deeper than the ocean This ain't religion, it's devotion Three, six, five, every minute, every day So in the middle of the madness They can stretch me out like canvas But I ain't never gonna fit in their frame I can't stop, I can't quit It's in my heart, it's on my lips I can't stop, no, I can't quit It's in my heart, yeah, I'm all in Till the wheels fall off To the spotlight fades, I will lift your banner high. I will lift your banner high. To the walls crashing for the rest of my day. I lay it all on the line. Till the day I die. Till the day I die. Till I die and they put me in the carpet yeah. No matter if I'm on the road or if, or if I'm recording, recording What they think about me they that really ain't important I'm a representative, I, I ain't playing, can't, can't afford it. to I, I only got one life, wanna get it go. This is not an act, not a movie, not, not a TV show. show I don't know what quit means, oh. I Take it slow, you know I'm on the ground when I'm all up in the, in the studio. studio You're a the king, but you know about that Say you're going hard up, uh, uh, that Say you're doing work when you're asking where the couch at How you doing work when you're asking where the couch at There's not a question, you can use when you want to, You only lift to heaven when you going through some drama, When you going through some problems, that's the only time you call them Guess I don't understand that life, boy Cause I'm all in, to the J.I. Jive the wheels fall off, hey.
0: Health Hub here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody.
1: You can also follow us on Instagram at the Health Hub RMC. And if you have any questions, you can uh, tweet us at at Kathy You can also find us at um, on Facebook at the Health Hub Radio Maria. If you have any questions that you can't get uh, to us today, feel free to email us at thh at radiomaria.ca. We are here with Dr. Vera Tarman, specialist in the area of food addiction and author of Food Junkies, The Truth About Food Addiction. Welcome, everybody, back after the break. So, Dr. Tarman, let's get into um, how sugar affects the the young child through to adolescence.
4: Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to start with a really strong statement that, um, you know, we've been hearing in the press a lot about the uh, opiate crisis and the fentanyl crisis and how people are dying. And so I think there's an acute awareness now of addiction and its dangers more than there was before. And I want to say as a uh, blanket statement in terms of consequences that can happen even in adolescence for kids, sugar can be seen as a gateway drug to other drugs, um, We've said that about cigarettes, we've said that about marijuana, and we have not said that about sugar, but I think that we could in the type of foods, sugars that we're eating today. I think it's a very real possibility.
1: That's so a that's frightening first, statement.
4: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it is a frightening and And I'm not talking about a little bit here and there. I'm talking about basically uh, a, a, a fundamental diet of that. And I think that's what people are doing now if they really look at it. You know, you can go on the internet and look at, uh, you know, the, you see those, um, those, uh, sort of pictures of the, the Coke bottle or the whatever, the soda bottle and then, uh, the, the number of sugar cubes beside it. Um, and, uh, it, if you really look at that, just even our just natural, not natural, our processed foods, not even sugar, you'll see how much sugar there is in there. And when we're talking about that kind of oversizing, I think we're talking about a potential gateway. So that's, that's I think that's quite scary because, you know, kids are very, very vulnerable, to, especially in adolescence, um, uh, to addiction. Uh, the more you expose an, uh, an adolescent mind to substances, marijuana, um, cigarettes, the more likely you'll get a committed uh, user later on. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the thing that people are talking about now a lot, too, is the whole issue, and you mentioned it yourself, about obesity and diabetes. Um, uh, I'm sure that you've uh, talked about this in the past, you know, the whole idea of obesity occurring and diabetes occurring not anymore in late onset, mm-hmm. uh, like, like, like in later uh, adulthood, but now in childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have um, a- adolescents um, becoming obese and even children becoming obese. So there are, I, think, I think the numbers now are like one-third of the population are at least overweight, if not obese. Um, and that's a real problem. Uh, for um, the potential for diabetes
1: and that's and you think it 's so hard to narrow it down to only food I mean when we 're talking about younger children i don 't see kids playing on the street as much as they used to, yeah. and you know they 're sitting there on their computers,
4: yeah, but you know they 're sitting there on their computers and they 're not exercising um, you You could say that that those are um, separate sort of uh, phenomena as well as eating the sugar, or you could see it as it's all part of the same thing. Because when you eat a lot of sugar, um, one, the, the one thing that happens is, uh, although the, there's been research that's debunked the idea, that they just keep saying, no, it's not true, uh, that sugar will cause uh, ADHD symptoms, it certainly does cause a uh, fluctuating mood, like highs and lows and ups and downs, which have to be distracting. How can you read? How can you do homework? How can you... Pay attention when you 're crashing or mm-hmm. storing up because you 're eating sugar at the same time as you 're doing your homework um, so the the mood disorder piece um, goes hand in hand with sugar. because remember what i said it 's all part of the same neurochemicals um, so when you 're like that or you 're crashing, who wants to go out and play mm-hmm. i mean you're, you're, you're the, 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 the demand that your brain makes on you to go up and down like that is exhausting. <laughs>
1: No, what what is the mechanism that causes your behavior to change? Is it just a, a lack of the dopamine that you were
4: talking about? Well, it's that and also, as you said, the the, the hormones, the the insulin and the, the hypoglycemia. Like, it's both. There's actually two phenomena happening. There's the physical body one and the brain one, which is physical in the brain. You've got this uh, sore of sugar. The insulin ramps up. And then, you know, if we were eating like uh, the way I think we should, which is like an apple or two a day... Um, It's a very finely tuned, honed system. But when you're hammering down with these huge amounts, the the fine-tunedness is gone and the the, the body is trying to mop up all that sugar. So you go into sugar crash um, and uh, you get depressed and foggy-headed and lazy because of that. That's just because of the sugar in the blood. Then you've got the dopamine second piece on top of that, uh, which is the high, and then once that... Um, sort of um, gets absorbed. Now you've got the crash mm-hmm. because we only have so much dopamine in a day that we get, and if you use it all up in a in a few chocolate bars in the morning, you're going to be sour mood for the rest of the day. Can
1: you explain that connection between sugar, insulin, pancreas, and diabetes, and see and and just give us that very straight line connection?
4: Um, yeah, sure. So what happens is uh... Um, we we need sugar so the body is, has got a really nicely tuned system to handle it we need sugar because the brain um what we need is glucose um, uh, uh, uh... that the brain will use to uh... give for energy so that we can read and think and and you know just be alive. And our muscles need sugar to sort of also, you know, get through the day. Um, And and there's a certain amount that we need to eat uh, in order to get that. And and we don't actually need to eat sugar to get that, by the way. We just eat carbohydrates Mm -hmm. like like vegetables, uh, fruits, that sort of thing. Um, if we actually need more sugar because of something happening, our actually our body will make its own sugar out of the proteins that we have. So we don't actually need any extra sugar. But anyway, we need some, and we get that through normal food, uh, like non-processed healthy food. Um, when we eat more, uh, or e- anytime we eat sugar, what happens is the... Um, The sugar has to get to the brain. It has to get to the muscle where it needs it. So it makes a hormone or a hormone um, gets inspired to make uh, insulin. Insulin is created. And insulin is the hormone that makes the sugar accessible to the brain and to the muscles. So a lot of sugar, the body makes a lot of insulin. Um, And... uh, if it's an apple or two a day, it's a nicely tuned system. If it's 20 apples or 20 fritters or whatever, uh, it's, it's, uh, the insulin um, ramps up trying to match the need, um, and uh, it will match the need. It'll pump the sugar into the brain. The person gets buzzed with all that sugar, um, and uh, uh, then it crashes because there's no more sugar. It's all, re- it's, it's all been used up. And now the person is dealing uh, with depression. Um, So that's the the mental thing. But the physical thing is what we call hypoglycemia. And that's when you get really tired and fuzzy and dizzy and irritable. And um, from my vantage point as an addictions doctor, craving. Mm -hmm. All you want is more sugar. So is it because sugar, you know, we
1: talk about carb carbs is, you know, definitely, uh, you know, front and center in a lot of my conversations with people and carbs get broken down much easier than proteins and fats into usable um, into usable fuel for the brain. So I guess we crave carbs because we can use them so quickly.
4: Um, yes, that's right. That's right. We we uh, we yes, because we we really do want the quick fix. Like the brain is actually wired for the quick the quick fix, mm-hmm. and addiction is just a a, 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 um, a hijacking of that area of the quick fix, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, sh- anything that's sugar dense. Uh, pardon me, energy dense, which is sugar. That's first. If there is no sugar, if you're eating a a, a diet of uh, just just fats and and um, Proteins like uh, the Inuit uh, would eat um, in in the past before we interfered with their diet. Um, uh, you wouldn't have these ups and downs of crashes, and the body would eventually make its own sugar from the proteins, like we would adjust to that. Mm-hmm. And we would probably do much better with that diet than the one that we're eating now. Quite frankly, the people who follow what's called a ketogenic diet believe in that philosophy.
1: Right yeah. now, the I mean, there I've heard. Both sides of the equation for going, you know, seventy, eighty percent fat. Um, mm-hmm. The body is a wonderful machine, and it adapts to a lot yes. of things. Yes, but there's no need to push it in the direction of having to adapt. You know, and then you know, over no. over exposing it to things. The the thing, Doctor so Terman,
4: necessary. Yeah, no.
1: And the thing, though, that, you know, I, I just, you know, whenever we st- I start talking my shows, I oftentimes go back to, to my family and because, you know, I've made mistakes, uh, a lot of mistakes as far as nutrition and uh, probably lots of other ones, actually. But when we're Carb. talking about nutrition, carbs are, f- are, are fast in, in a fast-paced life, and yeah. carbs are cheap. Yeah. And, you know, when you're, when you're on a tight, tighter budget – or when you're short of time, pulling into a quick drive-through for a $2 bagel is, it's enticing. It's enticing to do. I remember times getting up and going to, you know, hockey at 6, 7 in the morning and stopping Mm -hmm. at the local coffee shop and it was quick and it was cheap.
4: Yes, yes. But I I have one slight rebuttal to that. uh, you're right. It, it's it's cheap and it's fast, and that's why it works for today's society, which is cheap and fast. It runs on that kind of uh, mindset. And and in order for us to live in a different way, like I said earlier, we have to you know uh, address the larger picture, uh, just knowing how to slow down and whatnot. But um, the cheap and fast, when you're on the kind of, not you specifically, but when a person is on this kind of uh, pattern that you're describing, um, uh, they need a lot of food often, so they want the quick fast eat. Like, like it's a system that, that builds on itself. Mm-hmm. If, if you're actually eating the way that you're meant to eat you could easily go uh, without having to stop at the, at that morning thing. You could say okay, well actually I have a bit more time in a couple of hours, I'll wait until then when I actually have a half an hour to eat my meal or actually prepare something mm-hmm. uh, like that need to have something <clears throat> quick and fast is part of the um, Uh, hypoglycemic, uh, like when you get hungry because your sugar is crashing, you can't wait. It's that feeling of, if that waiter doesn't come, I will eat somebody else's food. You know, Mm -hmm. it's that, it's that, uh, angry, I gotta eat now, um, impatient stuff. Um, if you're eating a normal food, uh, plan, uh, which I hope we can get to, um, that kind of hunger and that kind of, uh, need to eat is not, it, that's all part of the insulin um mm-hmm. and dopamine pathology sickness uh, and 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 it wouldn't be like that
1: and we're trained to eat a lot though. We're trained. Breakfast, lunch, yeah. dinner, snack, snack. Yeah. Um, so Absolutely. let's get let's get right to a proper diet. Uh, yeah. you wanna hone in on that and, and that's that's exactly what we should talk about. What yeah. is a proper diet?
4: Knowing that a proper diet is actually quite hard to sustain in our today's society. It's like saying I wanna quit smoking in a crowd where everybody's smoking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like let's let's uh, acknowledge the difficulty of that it's not just cost and time it's actually attitude well you actually said it earlier cultural stuff so so when we talk about how to do a good diet we have to think about other changes as well
1: absolutely i mean we're in an yeah. addictive society in a quick yeah. fix society yes uh, so
4: yeah so you know like just the the how to eat well is he, he, we can talk about uh, you know specific examples, but just a blanket statement: avoid processed food will do. That will be good enough for most people.
1: I think we should talk a little bit more specifically because sugar is everywhere, yeah. uh, and and it's not it's not just in a chocolate bar that you know yeah there's sugar um, mm-hmm. you know in in one percent milk there's some added Mm -hmm. sugar there's Mm -hmm. so maybe you could talk about your ideal diet and and point us in the direction of of sugars that we don't know are there you know to have a yogurt for instance with fruit
4: yeah it's got so much sugar in it it
1: does so maybe yes do give us more specifics and, and tell us where we should be looking for those hidden sugars
4: I think that um, uh, a very simple way to say it is just processed food will have either too much salt or too much sugar in it because the whole purpose of processed food, besides making it fast, is it, it lasts a long time. It doesn't spoil. And how do we make things not spoil? We add a lot of salt and a lot of sugar, or both. Um, so uh, uh, even even eating... Um, like cheeses, even eating, uh, like processed food, uh, processed, not at the butcher shop, but at, or the cheese shop, but at uh, Loblaws or something. Mm -hmm. Um, even eating, uh, sandwich meat, even eating Turkey, apparently they've got filler in it now. Um, uh, there is a big thing uh, about one of the, um, chain, chain, chicken stores. I'm not going to say which one that said, Oh my God, there's more stuff in there than there is actual chicken. Um, when people go to some of those places and order, uh, chicken fried stuff, um, uh, they're you know, if if it's got a label, that means it's not real. That means it's processed. That means you really have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if it doesn't have a label, and you go to a a, 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 a drive-in, uh, chances are that in order to make it that tasty, it's got a, t- a ton of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just even if you think I'm just I'm going to get rid of the bun, I'm just going to have the, the the salad with the salad dressing. There, you've got a ton of sugar in that. You know. Um, I'm just going to have the uh, ketchup but nothing else, Uh, you know, with my, I don't know, my my burger. There's a ton of sugar in that. In the ketchup. Um, Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
4: Uh, Pop. You mentioned pop. That's that's a major, major one. Mm -hmm. Um, Fruit juice. People think that fruit juice is better than pop, Mm -hmm. and in fact it's, you could almost see it as an equivalent to pop in terms of the amount of sugar in it. so even stuff that's listed as healthy, like juice um, and milk, like you mentioned, um, are not necessarily healthy. They're not.
1: No. And st- I guess sticking to the yeah. outsides, it's what I try and tell everyone, try and stick to the exactly. outsides of, of the grocery store. Yeah. But, but so, what about the topic of, you know, I often get asked this um, by people that, uh, you know, sweeteners are, are awesome because sweeteners, there are certain mm-hmm. sweeteners that don't spike uh, your insulin. What are your mm-hmm. take on, on sweeteners?
4: You know, I'm not sure about that. I, I, I know there's, there's controversy about that. Does sugar actually spike insulin, or pardon me, not sugar, uh, artificial sweeteners? Um, I, there's, I don't know if the jury's out on it. If it doesn't, I think that that's still a little bit of a question mark. Um, but even if we could be rest assured that uh, um, it, sweeteners do not spike insulin, which causes the whole sugar crash and that hunger that makes you want to eat in two hours, that whole thing, um, uh, it does still spike dopamine, and, and, and uh, uh, mm. it, it, because it's the anticipation, it's the taste of sweet. And the taste of sweet is what makes the body think, oh, there's sweet, there's sugar, and the body then ramps up for the sugar. It doesn't get it, and so then you get actually hungrier and more irritable and more craving. So uh, it, 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 it doesn't work on both doesn't work on the dopamine front, mm-hmm. and it may not work on the insulin front. Um, although I will say it might be a fair um, kind of like harm reduction, moderation. Let's try it for a short term, kind of like um, uh, letting somebody use um, a vape or a, or a medication right. to quit smoking. They don't want to do it the rest of their life, but they're going to do it for a few months.
1: So it gradually coming way. off of it.
4: Yeah, it might work that way. Like it, I, I would, I would support that. Uh, with the idea in mind of let's get off of that too.
1: There's a, something else that always that always seems to pop up um, around this time of year, and, and maybe you can speak to it, or maybe it's a fallacy. But mm-hmm. you know, we have Halloween, we have yeah. the candy intake, and we have November cold and flu season. That comes on the tails every year of at the end of October at Halloween. Is there a correlation between the two?
4: Uh, there might be because we certainly talked about um, uh, sugar. You know, so, I. You asked me a little earlier. What are some of the consequences of a lot of sugar? So, besides diabetes and obesity, and potentially a gateway drug for addiction, there's also the fact that it may very well uh, decrease the immune system uh, because it it uh, it it creates such a demand on the body. Like it, it's actually a toxin in the body, uh, which then uh, the body has to treat. So it, it becomes this. There's a lot of talk now about conditions uh, being. Inflammatory conditions because of sugar. So, so you have sort of arthritises that develop. Maybe even there's even discussion that maybe Alzheimer's might be a, a, an inflammatory response to a sugar. But also, to, to answer your question directly, when there's this inflammatory response, the body can't respond to the true allergens, the true viruses that are, especially kids are are hit with all the time. I mean, they can't fight it because it's too busy fighting these other things crazy. So, uh, so anyway, yes, you can get a, a, cl- a cold more easily. You can get flus more easily. So so
1: then, you know, what do we tell parents at this time of year? It, is, it, is it, you know, is it... It's the healthier thing to keep kids away from it, obviously. Yeah, but in,
4: you know what? If the person... Uh, I mean, we're living in a pretty sick uh, environment, and there's a lot of people who um, are already... Um, I don't know if the word is damaged, but hurt. But um, if if we could... It's like drinking Uh, a little bit. If a person's not an alcoholic, you know, that's why I'm saying, like, we're already living in a sick society. A lot of people are already foodaholics. Um, But if if we were not looking at that, if we were just starting from scratch, put it that way, um, I I, I wouldn't say to people, even as an addictions doctor, you can never drink again, uh, drink Mm -hmm. alcohol again, but you can drink in very, very little, like, slight moderation, like a little bit here and there. If if we ate the way that we ate um, 100 years ago, um, a little bit of sugar, like grandma's thing, you know, and how often do you visit grandma? Maybe once a week at most. Um, and a little bit, like a couple of candies, that would be okay. And it would mean something. It would mean like it means today. Like our our expectations would be, uh, go back to that. Um, so what I would say to parents is... Um, if the kid is not already gone, too far gone, I don't. You know what? What line is that? It is up mm-hmm. to them. Um, limit it. Uh, so, the, you know, child comes home from uh, with their big bursting bag of candies. Don't let them have it all at once. Take it and say, "Okay, you can have a little bit now, and I will parcel it out over the year." Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because that might be fine. I mean, sugar is meant to be pleasurable because it's energy dense and. Uh, on it is at, the body actually thrives on a little bit like equivalent to an apple a day
1: okay the, then so we can we can as i mentioned before we can graduate it we can scale it back so we don't have yeah. to you know yeah. you know someone listening to the show today doesn't have to say okay well Halloween was great, I hope you enjoyed the walk and put the candy away. Um, right. You know, it can be a treat every now and again.
4: It can be a treat every now and again. And and in order to maintain that, because you were saying a, a little earlier about yourself, you know, I shouldn't do this stuff and feel bad about yourself, uh, you're living in an environment that doesn't support that. So what we would have to do, and this is what we say with addiction, um, if, if a parent wants to say, okay, child, I'm going to let you have a little bit here and there, um, I would also encourage that the parent then find an environment that Supports that like start hanging out with people, make a club, making it make a uh, um, i don 't know what that would look like exactly
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know in in the addiction world it 's called the twelve step program you you start going to meetings where that's everybody has the same way of thinking mm-hmm. you don 't have to question yourself anymore that 's just what you do mm-hmm. you don 't drink so you get, get like minded people once a week
1: yeah like minded people
4: yes exactly yeah. but you, but parents have to do that, they have to make an, a, mm-hmm. a deliberate intent to do that, and there 's nothing stopping us from doing that
1: no no you're right i mean support is great and and yeah. you know not everyone's going to run to a to a counselor to try and do this obviously no. but no
4: it, it's but they can have groups they can have like sport like you have sports groups and that are are more mind like attentive to eating well like so you, you hang out with people mm-hmm. who believe in those values I,
1: I think you 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 almost said the word that i was going to come out with which is mindfulness and, uh, yeah. and being mindful of what you eat so it's it's yep. uh, we're getting to the end of the show, so what I'd like to do is just sort of wrap up with um, a tip that you can help parents with. So maybe just you know today they want to go start they want to start making a difference. What would you say would be the first few steps to help out people?
4: Um, you know, I think that um, the, the, instill in the child and also in the parents. Um, I, a, an alternative view that I'm going to go out for Halloween, uh, enjoy myself um, in a healthy manner. Like you almost make a new image of yourself as pleasurable, mm-hmm. uh, a pleasurable image of, of yourself. I'm going to go out and, and uh, uh, it, what that's going to look like is enjoy the costume, enjoy the festivities, enjoy a little bit of the candy, um, and also enjoy the fact that I'm living healthy.
1: Mm -hmm. And don't make going to a million houses top list on your priority, I guess. (laughs) <laughs>
4: um, yeah, no, or uh, make those houses smart houses, the houses that don't just offer candy. They offer other things.
1: A good idea. Do you have any iTunes, ideas for, for... An iTunes
4: for, card, for a 5 bucks iTunes card, something like that.
1: Good idea, good idea. Yeah. I, I really appreciate this. As On Halloween, it's a, such, a, a, such a, a topic that we need to broach all the time. Sugar is definitely out there in the nutritional media. So we have been talking to Dr. Vera Tarman. Again, she is the author of Food Junkies, The Truth About Food Addiction, a great book. Uh, If you want to go and read and really get a deeper understanding of of the power of food, both positively and negatively, um, do do go and find that book. You can get that at Amazon, correct?
4: Yes. Awesome. And, And Indigo.
1: And Indigo. And Indigo. So thank you so much, Dr. Tarma. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you again next week on The Health Hub.